Welcome back to another episode of the She First World podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Said Blanton, and I am so happy to be here with you today for this episode that is a, a summary of kind of a business lately. Today's episode topic is the mistakes that business owners are making daily from my personal experience and how to avoid or fix them pretty good topic, right? I feel like I have five really common mistakes that I know I'm guilty of, but I've also been working with my clients to stop being guilty of. And maybe in listening to this episode, you can catch yourself before you let this mistake get a hold of you or really run away with your business. So as always, this is one of those now that we know better, we do better type situation. And because we don't gatekeep here, we are going into detail about the five most common mistakes that I'm seeing. I talk to business owners every single day. And you guys know how I feel about doing it right on the front end so we're not going to get messes on the back end. Let's do our best to avoid these mistakes or fix these mistakes in our business so that we can just have better businesses and run businesses and do business better. You guys are also going to get in this episode a preview and a little promotional offer for my course, Your Hiring Guide, that I co-created with my dear friend, Ashley Curtis. So make sure that you listen in to hear all about that. And also, if you are not, make sure that you subscribe to my monthly newsletter list. Newsletters are going out once a month now, but they are with so much good, juicy, actionable information, life updates, business updates, and just, you know, hopefully it's a little bit of sunshine hitting your inbox once a month. So I will link that if you'd like to sign up and be part of that email community as well. Today's episode is meant to be short and sweet. And so without further ado, I'm going to say it. Let's just dive right in. Happy Friday, friends. Welcome to June. It's your girl, Danielle here, and welcome back to another episode of the She vs. World podcast. It has been a crazy past couple weeks since we've last talked, launched a course, gave a talk, you know, have a six month old now running a business. It is just all of the things. And I'm really happy just to be here today chatting with all of you. And more than that, I would just love to hear how all of you are doing. So if you're listening, hop on Instagram, go to at danielle.stead, shoot me a message, say hi, give me a little life update. I want to hear what's going on with you. I want to hear what's going on with your business. This is meant to be a community and it can't be a community without you. So let me know what's new with you, sis. So today's episode is solo. It's a real talk. And this is one that is coming from a lot of deep dives into business recently. You guys know one of my biggest mantras, catchphrases, and beliefs is doing it right on the front end so that we're not cleaning up messes on the back end. But it wouldn't be a, you know, full disclosure, no holding back, we're all about transparency here episode without talking about today's topic. Five of the top mistakes I see business owners making every single day and how to avoid or fix them, or just avoid, you know, perpetuating these mistakes. And here's the deal, fam. We all make them. Mistakes are how we grow. Mistakes are how we learn. But it's one of the opportunities to, once you know better, do better. So here I am to tell you, it's time to do better. Now, friendly reminder, none of this is ever meant to be a shame or a call out or anything. And to be honest with you, I'm going to give you a lot of these examples of how it relates to myself and my own business and the mistakes that I've been making a lot lately. But what I've really, really learned, especially as I've been doing a ton of networking the past couple months, is that these mistakes are universal. It doesn't matter if you're working in tech, retail, food, 
online. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what position you're in. Business owners are making the same mistakes. And it's funny because we can identify them and we can provide fixes. So let's stop this vicious cycle and let's do better. And let's make business better. Let's make business ownership more fun, a little bit easier and a little less hectic. Yeah. Okay. So the goal today is to go into these five mistakes. And I'll just give you guys a couple of little life updates, business updates, everything at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned and listen into the whole thing. So I would love to just dive right into this topic. Um, and I kind of give you guys a little background of this first, um, this first bullet point, because the number one mistake I'm seeing with business owners is they rely on Facebook groups, Slack groups, Google, the internet, and they are not hiring experts because we are so stubborn and we are convinced we can do anything but just because we can do anything doesn't mean we can do everything. So business owners are not relying on experts, not relying on people who actually know how to do things. Instead, they're taking that. I can figure it out. Everything is figure outable mentality. And here's the deal, friends. You guys are all very smart. You're all very capable. And yes, everything is figure outable. But do you really want to have to recreate the wheel every time you're doing something? Or do you want to rely on experts who can give you shortcuts and access and clear information? Now, this example is coming from a lot of my own experiences lately. I, like I shared, have been doing a lot of professional networking. And one of the networking paths I've been taking is I joined an organization and we have a Slack channel, a very, very active Slack channel. People are on it sometimes all day long. I honestly wonder if they're working, but it's also an opportunity for a lot of women. It is a Slack channel for women tech executives. So it's a lot of women who have been in the game for a long time and they're looking to go out on their own and going out on their own is a big deal and they don't know what they're to do or how they're doing it. So they're really pitching things to the group and, and in pitching things to the group, what I'm seeing a lot is a lot of Frankensteining, a lot of people who have no idea or business doing the things that they're doing, doing it and really creating more work for themselves because they are too stubborn to hire an expert or they are just too, I'm smart. I can do anything. Everything's figure outable. I'm going to figure it out. Right. I don't know when we got this idea that owning a business is like, that is like owning furniture. You could take the Ikea route and like DIY it and then maybe upgrade it. Or you can take the like crate and bill route and just get it delivered with white glove service. Right. I personally value my time and I value my products. I'm going to white glove service this. And this example that like really stuck with me this week was a woman had posted a question about brand influencers in the Slack chat and she had hired an influencer to create a reel for her, for her business. And the influencer posted it. And this woman could not for the life of her figure out how to repost it on her business's page. And a lot of you are probably listening to this being like, L-O capital L, are you kidding me? That's the easiest thing ever. But if you've never existed in social media, it's really, really hard for you. So not only was this woman asking the Slack channel how to repost something on a reel on Instagram, which for a lot of us is rudimentary, but for some people it's very difficult. She didn't know if she had to properly tag brand partnership. She didn't know if she should tag the influencer in the reel or in the comments. She had so many questions and it was like, it was honestly uncomfortable watching her floundering. 
And I chimed in, having done a ton of influencer work myself and trying to help her. And she just kept asking questions and have, and it was just apparent that she had no idea what she was doing. And it was really beyond just the, the question of like tagging and reposting. And I asked her, I said, what is your relationship here? And like, what is going on? She explains to me that she is the owner of this business. She hired an influencer to do this. She has never used social media before, and she's trying to build a brand on social media. And I'm sure this example for a lot of us is like so glaringly obvious that if you want to build a brand on social media, you need to hire a social media expert, right? You need to not rely on a Slack group of tech executives who don't exist on this platform because they have a marketing department. We need to not rely on free Facebook groups where people are giving advice that isn't necessarily good. I can't tell you how many times I, I come you know, to one-on-one sessions and people say, well, I'm in this Facebook group for estheticians and they said this. And, and it's really interesting because we're so willing to listen to the masses, but we're so unwilling to listen and pay an expert who's going to just give us the answer we're looking for. This is the number one most common mistake. You know where you're doing it in your business. You just do. You just absolutely freaking do. I know where I'm doing it in my business. I really need to redesign my website and I need to have just a better flow and system coming from the systems queen for you guys to purchase, check out, book. I know I do, but I have been dragging my feet because I've been dealing with some other stuff. But when it's time to do that, it is time to hire an expert. It's not time to DIY it. It's not time to everything's figure out it. It's time to rely on local experts to get you the results that you need and that you're hoping for. And this is really a perfect segue into mistake number two. It could be mistake 1.5, but it is doing it all yourself. And I'm looking literally in a mirror as I say this, because we are not an island. We are not meant to do it all ourselves. A lot of us think we have to. A lot of us fear spending the money on hiring virtual assistants, social media managers, copywriters, and digital brand marketers. We are so scared of relinquishing control. We are so worried that if it's not us, our clients won't come get a facial or a massage. We are so worried of what it means to not be a solopreneur anymore. It's almost like we have this imposter syndrome that hiring a team and hiring people into your business is like so beyond what you're doing. And so it's just safer to be alone. That was a crazy thought, right? It's safer to be alone because you know you can rely on yourself versus having to be a boss and having people rely on you. It's easier to do it alone because you know how to do everything versus, oh, it's going to be so much work to have to train somebody. It just doesn't make sense financially to outsource work because I don't want to spend money because I want to greedily hoard every dollar because I'm not making a ton. So I can't even think about spending any right? These are all really, really common mindset shifts that need to happen because what happens when you do it all yourself? Well, first and foremost, you don't have time. You just don't have time to serve clients full time, be making money or moving the needle of the business for at least 80% of the time while handling admin, while handling billing, while handling calendaring, while taking care of social media, while growing this online community, while sending up newsletters, while maintaining a sanity and making sure you're drinking your water and getting your 10,000 steps. Like, you hear where I'm going with this, right, guys? We are not meant to do it all ourselves. We cannot do it all ourselves. And then here's the other perspective of this. I am a terrible web designer. Let's go back to this example. I am not great at my finances. I, you know, I'm okay at them. 
I don't enjoy like being on social media all the time. There's a million things that are so outside of my zones of genius. Why don't you? And I'm willing to bet also there's things outside your zones of genius. Why don't you welcome in people whose zones of geniuses complement your zones of ungenius? How about you compliment people who can do what you cannot do? Or sorry, how about you hire people who can do what you cannot do to complement your business? YouTube influencer and just superstar amazing person, Lily Singh, did an interview. And one of the things that she was talking about is that when is that she hires experts and she hires experts and she expects them to manage up and tell her what she should be doing in her business. And she even says, if a video editor comes to me and says, you need to edit a video this way, I just say, okay, I say, okay. And I let them take the lead. If my director of photography says the lighting isn't good, but I think the lighting is good. I listen to them because they are the expert. She says, I literally only surround myself with experts. I am the expert performer. I am the expert creator. Everyone else around me is in charge of what they're in charge of. I literally don't know how to do anything else in my business. And I think that is so brilliant, but also so brave of her to share with us because she's massively wildly successful. How did she get there? Because she relied on other people's zones of genius and expertise to boost herself up. She knew she couldn't do other things. And so she let them shine so that she could shine in doing what she does. So number two mistake, you heard it here first. You're going to keep hearing it here forever. Stop doing it all yourself. You can figure out a way to afford to hire people. If you're not quite sure, I can help you. You are not an expert at everything. Trust me, you're perfect. You're great. You're wonderful, but you're still not an expert at everything. And furthermore, you don't have the time to do it all yourself. Okay. I know you have huge business goals and dreams, but you also have a life. Go live that beautiful life. Why else are you working so hard? If it's not to go spend time living the life that you are working so hard to build. Okay. Which leads me to the number three biggest mistake business owners make. And it's the one that they come to me for the most. You're winging it. You have no clue what you're doing. And you're just in constant triage mode every day. And you're just in kind of this rinse and repeat mode every day, but you're not really working toward a plan or a goal. You're just showing up. You're just teaching class. You're just giving facials. You're just doing the work. And you're hoping that the pieces will fall into place when you haven't even figured out what the goal is and what the pieces are. And so you're magically putting faith out into the universe, which is amazing. But how about instead we put together a goal, we create actionable plans and items to get you there. And then we put the faith out into the universe. Okay. I have clients right now who are opening studios. Some of them have no idea why they're opening a studio. Some of them have no idea what their brand is going to be. Some of them have no, no idea of anything other than I want three Pilates reformers and I'm going to teach classes. That's not a business plan. I have clients who are telling me that they're hiring teams because I just want to hire more people. Why? Or I'm going to hire somebody that complements my service, but I have no idea when they're going to fit into my studio or clinic time. I have no idea what they're going to charge. And I don't even know if the clients want this. If clients come to me who are launching new products, but they don't actually have a launch plan or a sequence, and they don't even have a minimally viable product to launch. They just know, I want to do this thing. And then they kind of start working towards it, but because they don't have a plan, they're, they're just not sure. So you hear what I'm saying, right? Winging it is great. You are taking quick action. You are making progress. You are not getting stuck in analysis paralysis. But how about instead of just acting, 
we first pause, okay? Pause. What's the goal here? What's the final product here? What's the launch here? What is your end goal? Is it hiring a team because you want to get out of the treatment room? Is it hiring a team because you want to be able to have a full schedule in your workout studio? Is it you want to launch this product and it's going to sell online evergreen? Is it you are going to open a second, third, or fourth location? These are all amazing goals, but if you don't have a goal behind what you're doing, and this is actually step one of your hiring guide. If you've heard me talk about that for the past couple of weeks, if you don't have a goal for what you're doing, you're literally just winging it and winging it is not going to serve anybody well. Make a goal. Once you have that goal, break down every single thing, write down a list of every single thing that needs to get done to accomplish that goal. Make it big, make it small. Just start word vomiting out. I like to use post-it notes. I like to use the notes app in my phone. We'll create organization in the chaos later live in the chaos right now, have a goal, break it down. Now that you know every little step, big step and everything in between that you need to get done, let's start actually organizing that list. Let's put it in a sequential order. What needs to happen first? And then what? And then what? What are some of your bigger to-dos and do those need to be broken down into individual steps? Okay. And then here's the big one. Who, who is going to help support you in accomplishing these goals and who is going to help support you? And you can't wing it if you have help, right? Cause you have to give direction. So let's start then figuring out not only who is going to help support you, but what are their roles? What are their tasks in doing these things? And then as you start to decide who you need, you'll also say, okay, well, how much does this cost? And you will start putting together a budget because guess what friends doing stuff costs money, but it costs even more money if you're winging it and you're just spending money willy nilly without a plan or a purpose. Okay. Now that you've have every single task written out, now that you've decided who's doing what task and how much it's going to cost, you can actually put together a timeline, a roadmap with daily action items, weekly action items, monthly milestones, trigger events. If this happens, then this can finally happen. Once the floors go into my new studio, then I can finally have the equipment move in. Once I purchase my product lineup and become a product partner, I can start offering facials and selling skincare. If this, then this right? But if we don't stop and put together a step-by-step plan of how we're going to get there, you're going to lose things along the way. Chaos is going to ensue. Your Pilates reformers are going to get delivered before your floors are installed, and you're going to have nowhere to stock all of the product because you don't have a clinic for your aesthetics business yet. You get what I'm going with here? You'd be so surprised how many of you wonderful, amazing, brave, smart business owners are just leaping and you're hoping you're going to grow wings on the way down. But if you don't know how to grow wings or you don't even know you need wings, you're going to splat. We don't want the splat. So here's the deal, friends. Stop winging it. Take a second. Pause. Breathe. Think. Plan. Okay. And then after you've actually created that plan and after you've executed and after you've done the darn thing that you are so proud of, celebrate. And then after you celebrate, do what we call a postmortem. Do a check-in. Check-in with everybody who helped you get there. What went right? What went wrong? What felt good to you? What created a lot of friction? What in the process needs improvements? You can do it next time. What did not get done that still needs to get done? What was not even on your list that you would like to add to your list? It's not enough just to do friends. You have to stop and pause at the finish line and assess why things worked well and why things didn't. And that is the biggest difference in my opinion, at least from professionals who are consistently successful to people who have beginner's luck or one-time luck, or also what's worse, 
don't know why they're lucky sometimes or why they are unlucky or unsuccessful other times. If you're not stopping and pausing and measuring and assessing after the fact, you're always going to be unsure if the plan you put together worked or if it was just serendipitous luck from the universe, right? Cool. Okay. Number four mistake I see business owners making all the time. And this is a really big one for me right now because I am working in employment, team building, converting employees, hiring, all of that good stuff. I would say it is 60 to 75% of my business right now. I obviously love team building, onboarding, hiring plans, hiring done right. So much so that my good friend Ashley Curtis and I collaborated for her platform, the Golden Experience Guide, to create your hiring guide, the most comprehensive industry agnostic hiring guide team building masterclass I've ever witnessed on the internet. And I'm really, really proud of us for putting it together. But (laughs) that been said after my shameless plug, the number four mistake that I'm really, really watching business owners make is they're not appreciating the team that they have around them. And in not appreciating them, they are not properly utilizing your team. Stay with me here. I think to really understand what I mean by underappreciating and underutilizing, we got to take a step back. I think that there is a mentality right now with business owners and employees and contractors where there is a definite entrepreneurial culture where I'm a business owner and sometimes people think that makes them better than people who are not. And I'm here to tell you that that is definitely just not true and not the case. And that whether or not you own a business, you are still valuable. You are still skilled. You are still liked. You are still loved. Whether you're an employee, whether you're a freelancer, a contractor, the CEO, a founder, whatever title you want to call yourself, there's definitely this really interesting mindset shift mentality and kind of like the girl boss era right now that everyone has to be a quote unquote founder and you have to be a CEO or a president or a principal and that owning your business is the best thing in the world. And it's the pinnacle of success. And here's the deal. I think it's pretty great. I really do. However, this mentality causes people to think that if they're the business owner, and I'm not accusing you guys, I'm just saying, this is something I see a lot. So I'm just saying, maybe we'd be aware of this. I'm seeing a lot of business owners take this approach that I'm the owner and you're just the employee and employees are sellouts because they're not willing to open their own business or they're lesser than, or they should be so appreciative that I gave them a job, that I'm giving them money, that I am doing all of these things for them. Right. And what I'm really challenging business owners on right now is to get out of this high and mighty mindset that being a business owner is the only way to live life. And to look at the people who want to work for your business as employees as gifts. And here's why. These are the people who are boots on the ground every single day. These are the people who are doing the work and sometimes the grunt work. These are the people who are actually revenue generating, making money, engaging with clients every single day. These are the people that allow you to be a business owner, to run a business, because they are doing most of the work that is the business. And so I really challenge business owners to flip the script of the conversation and really ask yourself, why does somebody want to work with you? Why are you a good boss? What do you offer your employees and your team, your contractors, everyone who works with you and for you? What type of experience are you giving them that really makes them want to be on your team? You should be the type of boss. You should strive to be the type of boss that people are just dying to work with you 
your brand is known and reputable, you pay well, you provide mentorship, you have great perks, you have good clients, your clients respect your team, your employees, your contractors, you offer a product people can stand behind, you do it ethically, you have a purpose, right? Why don't we flip the script of achieving to be that kind of founder and leader and CEO instead of just, I'm a founder, CEO, leader, therefore I'm better than everybody else. Right. This is a mistake that I'm really seeing biting business owners in the ass lately. They have to fire entire teams because they think that these people should be so lucky to work here and they're not, and they're so ungrateful. So I'm going to fire all of them and I'm going to find people who are grateful to work here. How about we flip the script and say, why are your team members having this issue? What could you do to make them happier? Is it a different schedule? Is it, you know, a more commission-based or incentive-based pay structure? Are you mentoring them? Are you providing them opportunities? Or are you just treating them like this is a job? So that's what they're going to do. They're going to treat it like it's just a job that they clock in, they do the work, and they clock out. I would really, really challenge you if you have a team, if you have people working with you, you constantly ask yourself. You constantly assess yourself as a boss. And in doing that, you ask yourself, how are you providing mentorship to your team? How are you in mentorship giving them positive feedback, but also constructive feedback that will allow them to be a better contributor? How are you utilizing your team to really understand client feedback? How are you rewarding your team when the business is successful? And how are you using unsuccessful times or, you know, kind of ebbs in the business as learning opportunities for everyone to do better. We have to flip the script on what it means to be a leader. We have to flip the script on what it means to be an owner and a boss. And instead of acting like people are so lucky to have a job, we are so lucky as bosses and leaders to have contributors that make our businesses so great. Clearly, I'm very passionate about this topic. I would love to dive into it more, but I have one last topic I want to hit to keep today's episode short and sweet and to let you go back to your beautiful, beautiful June day. So fifth mistake I'm seeing business owners make, and it is a huge one and it's also broken down into a couple parts, is that you're ignoring the golden 80-20 rules of business. And here are my four 80-20 rules that I think business owners really need to follow. And it's, you know, like, it's like life, everything in moderation, right? 80-20 rules. You should be spending 80% of your time moving the needle forward in your business, whether that's revenue generating activities, whether it's strategy, it's future planning, it's mentorship. You should be spending 80% of your time in that growth sales forward motion. 20% of your time absolutely needs to be spent doing admin. It needs to be spent just kind of doing the things that it takes to run a business, oversight, check-ins, just making sure that the wheels stay on the bus. It has to happen. But if you think about a week in your business, you should be spending four of your days moving the needle forward, uh, making money for your business, creating sales, creating strategy, future planning, creating new products, always thinking about what's next. Those four days, all you should be doing. One day a week is admin day. I highly recommend you actually schedule a day that you're not seeing clients, that you're not doing anything but just taking care of books emails, oversight, team check-ins, all of that. And also that'll just put you in the mentality that that's what you're doing that day. You are in your admin day today and that is the priority. Okay. So what I tell people with this 80-20 rule is we create value by prioritizing impactful work. So create value in your business and for your business by prioritizing the impactful work that needs to be done. 
Number two, 80, 20 rule, spend 80% of your time listening and only 20% of your time speaking. Kind of ironic coming from a podcast host. I hear it. I do. But as a boss and a leader, we need to literally spend more time listening to what our clients are saying, listening to what our team is saying, listening to the systems of our business and being really intuitive and tuning into what's working and what's not. And really only 20% of the time speaking, and that should be really strategic and really thoughtful speaking, right? Don't talk just to hear yourself talk. Don't talk just to boss people around. When you're speaking, it should be really positive reinforcement or it should be really specific constructive criticism. It should be handling client issues that had to get escalated. It should be putting good vibes out in the world. It should be really like crafting and cultivating your brand. 80% of your time listening, 20% of the time, same thing, creating that value in what you have to say. Third, 80-20 rule that's super duper important as a business owner and leader, 80% of your speaking should be asking questions. Only 20 of it should be providing answers. I think it's really important that we, as we listen, we ask questions and then we actually hear what people are telling us. Again, it's so easy for us just to provide answers, especially for example, if a team member doesn't know how to do something, but instead of just saying, okay, here's how you do it. Go. How about we have them think through things, right? If somebody were to come to me as a client and ask me, or sorry, if somebody were to come to me on my team and a client asks them a question and they're like, what do I do? The first thing I always say back is what do you think you should do? They have an answer. Everyone has an answer, but they don't want to mess up. And because, you know, they're afraid of messing up or looking bad or failure or whatever it is, always volley or lob those questions back when somebody's like, what do you think? Well, what do you think? I know you have an opinion or more than that. I want you to pitch me what you believe to be the best way forward or the best way through. I love letting people tell me what they think the answer is. I love letting people tell me what they want to do. And then I love giving people the opportunity to take that initiative. I don't always want to be the one providing answers because I don't have all the answers and I shouldn't have all the answers. And more than that, it wouldn't be a business. It wouldn't grow. if I was just the one that was like, it's my voice and only my voice. The way that we grow and that we get better is that we listen to other people's perspectives and we let those perspectives drive us sometimes. Okay. Last 80, 20 rule. And this kind of goes back to your team is we are not spending enough time praising our employees. 80% of the things that we should be saying to them should actually be praise. 20% of it needs to be very thoughtful, constructive feedback. Okay. Why do I say this? One, it's not because we live in like a participation trophy generation. It's because I genuinely think that we don't spend enough time. Uh, I apparently don't spend enough time blowing my nose. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm getting over the worst sinus infection. Um, we don't spend enough time thanking and acknowledging people for what they do. And I think that if we were to approach our role as bosses and team leaders and business owners, really focusing on praise and gratitude and versus like, here's what you could do better. I think everyone would just be a happier, you know, part of the team. I know it's necessary to give feedback, but when you give feedback, make sure that it's really effective. And how I always recommend doing it is you schedule one-on-one time with every single person in your team, part-time or full-time, or even just people you have on retainer or on contract. And you do a health check-in and that might mean you have to pay them for it. 
pay them for it. It is so valuable for the business, but it's also so valuable for them. If it's valuable for them, they're going to be happier employees or workers for you. And that is always the goal. So I want us to be focused on really expressing more gratitude and praise for what people did right. Literally, even if it's as simple as you walk into your business and your front desk team greets you. Just say, I really love how you take the time to greet everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for checking everybody in, right? It's so easy to walk in and just start firing off questions to your front desk team about why the toilet's clogged or this client that didn't pay their late cancel fee or blah, 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 blah. Like, you know who I'm talking about. You know, we've all done it, right? How about instead we lead with gratitude and praise and then we devote the feedback time to that one-on-one session that we have with them, to that specific time that we have with them. And we make it really concrete, clear, detail-oriented, and really actionable. So it's not like pointing fingers or accusatory, and it's definitely not meant that you spend your one-on-one sessions beating them down. It's, hey, I noticed that this wasn't going right. Why don't you tell me about it? Ask a question listen to what they have to say, and then offer, well, maybe next time we could do it better this way. And there's your 20% feedback. There's your 20% speaking. There's your 20% providing answers. So I think as a boss, there's a lot of opportunity here. I think as business owners, there's a lot of opportunity here to really check in with ourselves. I know this is a little bit woo woo, but I think that I am really tickled by how common these issues are across the board, whether you're running a big business, a small business, a small team, a solopreneur, wherever you are, I'm seeing these mistakes happen. And I think that I truly believe actually that we can do business better. And so my goal of this episode is, you know, kind of pointing out ways that we could do business better and how to do it. And speaking of doing business better, you guys have heard me talk about your hiring guide. You heard me talking about it in this episode. I just want to share with all of you that if you are listening to this live when this episode got released, you have a couple days left before the launch price increase that's going down on June 11th. After June 11th, we are going to our permanent pricing, which is going to be just a little bit more expensive, but this masterclass is giving you so much value that honestly, I feel like whatever price you put on it, I could justify it because you are getting that much value from it. Also with your hiring guide, if you are purchasing it and you are a fitness professional, one of the things I wanted to offer you was the opportunity to book a complimentary 30 minute time slot with me so that we could talk about what specifically in your hiring guide we could translate into a fitness business. So this is going to be for everyone listening. This is going to be for fitness professionals who want to really purchase your hiring guide, but use it in their fitness business, knowing that your hiring guide was originally created for estheticians and wellness providers. So for example, there's things like an onboarding plan. Your onboarding plan for your fitness instructors is obviously different than for your estheticians or wellness workers. And so I want to work with you to create your own custom fitness business specific plans because we're not winging it, right? We're not making that mistake anymore. So if you purchase your hiring guide um, and you shoot me a message and let me know that you listen to this episode, you're a fitness business owner and you want that 30 minute session, I will open my calendar up for you. I will always open my calendar up for you guys, but I will open my calendar up for you for a 30 minute complimentary one-on-one touch base. And then I'll also just give you a little bit more customized high touch work with me as a thank you for purchasing your hiring guide. Also, if you're on the fence about it, you might not have heard everyone who purchases it gets 30% off all legal work with me. 
all legal work with me. So not just your employee contracts, but your in uh, your intake forms, consent forms, liability waivers, terms of service, privacy policies, anything you need for your business, 30 freaking percent off this. Don't sleep on this offer. It's for your hiring guide people only. And again, if you are a fitness professional and you want to purchase your hiring guide, I will offer you a complimentary 30 minute sit down with me so we can make it really custom to your fitness business. Um, well, friends, my nose needs to get blown. I need to go cough my face off and deal with this sinus infection, but thank you so much for your time, your energy, for joining me for today's episode. The end of the day, all I want us to do is make business ownership better. I want to raise the bar and I want small businesses to be thriving so that we as business owners can be really proud of ourselves. Our teams can be super proud to work with us and that we can be creating the best work environments possible to creating the best products and service possible. So let's start with that wave. What is that phrase about a tide lifts, a rising tide lifts all ships. Let's be part of that tide. Yeah. Happy Friday, fam. Thanks again for listening. Love you guys so much. I'll catch you next time.